Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So I'm uh, just looking forward to sharing just a few thoughts today, uh, just winding up our series called Drawing Near. And I want to bring your attention back to what I believe was the Word of God, a Rima Word of God to our church on January the 2nd, where God is really uh, challenging us about real, really prioritizing the call of God that's upon our lives. You know, in the book of Romans, it says that the, the, the gift of God and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, God will never take back the call of God and the gift of God that he's placed on our lives and in our lives. And when I think about that thought there, I think really we need to seriously consider the call of God upon our lives. Every one of us is called, every one of us is gifted for a specific thing that God is calling us to do. And the word of God to us on the second was that he's wanting us to prioritize that call by making room in our lives for him. To pursue the call of God, to pursue the direction that God has for us, there is a cost associated to it. Oh, oh boy, really? Yes, there is. It'll cost us some time, it'll cost us some of our talent, and it'll also cost us some of our treasure as well to pursue the call of God. Some people might be called to go and be a part of a missionary team. It'll cost you to do that. Amen. But we felt and, and really believed on the 2nd of January that that was the challenge to us for the 2020 period because God's wanting us to prioritize that call and work out how do we make room in our worlds to be able to pursue the call of God. And last week we said this and the week before we said it as well. We grow old automatically. <laughs> We grow old automatically. Goodness gracious me. But to grow in God, that only happens as we intentionally commit to it. We, we grow old automatically, but we only grow in God as we intentionally commit to growing in Him. And so that's why we've be, been going through this series called Drawing Near, Growing in God. Drawing closer to God. The closer that we get to God, the more that we draw near to God, the more we draw into His presence, the more committed we are to pursuing His calling. But the more that we get caught up in the things of the world, the more distracted we get, the harder it is for us to pursue the call of God. But as we get closer to God, as we come into His presence, God speaks to our heart, and then it's easy for us to pursue the call of God. It's not a hard thing, because we're living in His presence. Amen. We're living in His Spirit, amen. I'm spitting this morning. I've got to stop that. <laughs> it's a good thing you're further away now, amen. <laughs> so this morning we want to continue with um, the last installment on drawing near, getting closer to God. What we've been learning, a few thoughts just to recap this morning in the very first part, was this, that we were created to have daily encounters with God. We were created to meet with God in a daily, on a daily basis, in a real and meaningful way. We also learned that our Christian life is not meant to be a dry and intellectual experience. We're not just meant to know God and experience God with our minds, but we're meant to encounter the presence of God in our hearts. Amen. We also learned that God longs to fellowship with us, and He wants us to experience more and more of His presence. Amen. More and more of His presence. We learn about His glory. We, we looked at a scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 4 or 7. I can't quite remember, but it's chapter 4 or 7, and it talked about how God's 
glory is His tangible weight or presence. We saw that God's love is tangible, His peace is tangible. The God that we serve is a very tangible God. And we looked at a number of keys to how we can draw closer to God. And we just want to retouch and recap on those again. The first key that we, th- we saw in drawing closer to God is that we must have a strong desire to encounter more of His presence. God's not going to show up if we don't have a strong desire to meet with Him. God's not hard up. But He desires for us to fellowship with Him. We saw Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Hungering and thirsting are strong desires. How's your desire this morning? I'm desiring a water right about now. (laughs) The first key to drawing closer is a strong desire. Then we saw another, another key is dissatisfaction. Being dissatisfied in our spirits. Jesus says it this way, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. A heart that says, God, I don't want to trust in my own abilities. I need more of you more than anything else. That's what it means to be poor in spirit. A desperate, hungry heart for more of God. Amen. So many Christians today are full of themselves and full of all the wrong things. God wants us to empty ourselves, become poor in spirit and desire more of Him. A heart that cries out for more of God. Last Sunday morning, we looked at the third thought, which is so powerful. Delight. Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourselves in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Look at that there. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a wonderful promise? He'll give you your desires, the desires that are in your heart, if you simply delight yourself in Him. What a wonderful Father in heaven we serve. What an incredible Dad we serve. If we delight in Him, He will give us the the desires of our heart. But we saw that that word there, delight, is defined as treasure. So we could say if we treasure ourselves in God, or we treasure God, He'll give us the desires of our heart. And last Sunday we saw how we delight God or how we treasure God is to treasure God passionately. God wants us to love Him emotionally, passionately, with feeling and fervency. Friends, Sunday morning, this ain't loving God passionately and fervently. they change something in here? Oh, they have, the speakers. That's not loving and treasuring God passionately, amen. That's what we said last Sunday, we should come to church ready to encounter our Father, ready to worship our God, amen. Loving God fervently and passionately is about our hearts being opened, about lifting our hands to heaven. Hallelujah. You can do that in this church, amen. You can lift your hands to heaven. No one's going to look around and say, you weirdo. 
Oh, that's great about Shell Harbour Community Church. You can do that here. To the treasure God means treasuring God passionately. We also saw that to treasure God, it means to treasure God's holiness. We must never be familiar with God that we become disrespectful to Him in our speech, behavior, or in our services, as we said. We saw last Sunday there's an old English saying that familiarity breeds contempt. We should never become familiar with God's presence or familiar with the things of God. We should always come with a heart of awe because we're coming into the presence of a holy God. And lastly, we saw... How do we delight in God? That we are to treasure God's presence. To treasure His presence. The Holy Spirit can be, can be grieved. Our actions, our attitudes can sadden Him. We must also always come into His presence with a great sense of awe and esteem. Amen. That's why we always should leave our offenses in the car, leave our offenses on the road here, leave our offenses in the car park if we need to, leave our offenses in the fire if we need to, but we need to come into this place with a right heart. Amen. Knowing that we're coming into the house of the Lord. You know, we're His people, and this is the house of God. Amen? This is the house of God. This is the temple of God. I'm so thankful to God for this local church that we get to worship in. But we must treasure God in order for Him to give us the desires of our hearts. Amen? So the fourth one this morning that we want to finish with, the fourth one today as we learn the fourth thought about drawing closer to God. The last one is discipline. Discipline. Oh, we all love that word. I can just see everyone's just turning off right now. Discipline. Discipline. If we're going to draw closer to God, we've got to learn the power of discipline in our lives. And this morning, I make no apologies. I have a number of scriptures to share with you this morning, but I believe that we're going to be finished around about 10 to 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Legendary. Discipline. Listen to this scripture this morning in 1 Chronicles chapter 9, 24 to 27. It says, Do you, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will not fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Listen to that. What, is, what do we do, discipline ourselves for? An eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should do. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Listen to this thought this morning. This is the same Paul who taught us that the greatest goal of his life was to have daily encounters with God. This is the same man that said, my one great desire in life is to encounter the presence of Jesus. That's what's more important to me than anything else. And I felt that out of that thought there, that challenge from the Holy Spirit this morning, that, that thought there in Philippians chapter 3, that imagine if our greatest desires in life began to be encountering more of Jesus. That our desire for Him superseded everything else in our lives, that our one motivation was to know Him and know Him more intimately. Could you imagine 
what this church would be like? Could you imagine what other churches would be like? Could you imagine what the church across the globe would be like that if our main motivation for living is to know Jesus in a more meaningful way? Wow! A couple of people are nodding their heads. The rest of you got no idea what I'm talking about. But I, I think that that's a great challenge. I think that that's a challenge that we should take to heart. That we should really start to have a conversation with ourselves, with the Holy Spirit, with those around us about how motivated and how desirous am I to know Jesus and to know him more intimately. Imagine that, Tony. Imagine that. Wow. Lord, help us. Help me. Help each of us this morning to have a motivation like Paul's, that our main motivation for life would be to know Jesus more intimately, Lord. We thank you. To Paul, the one that taught us that, is now saying to us that we need to live our lives like we're athletes, like we're boxers. I boxed many, many years ago and um, had few encounters. But I tell you, boxing training, like many other sports, can be a brutal and disciplined sport. But Paul's saying here, the key to encountering more, God, more of God is by disciplining ourselves. Great athletes limit their lives of distractions, right? Yeah? You can nod in here, it's okay. Yeah, they limit their lives of distractions. Our lives need to have limited distractions. Less of Facebook, less of Instagram, less of Stan, less of Snapchat, less of Netflix, less of, less of Twitter, less of free-to-air TV, less news feeds, less constant notifications. Yeah, you can clap if you want. To encounter God in more meaningful ways, we need to discipline our lives and move and remove many of the distractions. You know, there's more and more studies out there today about the concern that people have about the amount of time that children are spending on tablets iPhones, iPads, whatever the case may be. In fact, I really wonder, and probably good for, for, or for all of us maybe to do an audit of how much time we spend on our phones. I can't make the sound of a cricket. What's it like? <laughs> Dave, can you help? <laughs> oh, no, that's a kookaburra. Distractions. Distractions. Distracting us. Paul says, I discipline myself in order that I can run the race because I'm working towards an eternal prize. We get so distracted with so many things. But in order to encounter more of God's presence, to draw closer, 
we must understand the fact that we need to remove meaningless distractions. In fact, when we look at one of the great promises in the Bible, many of us would have this on our, our, our wall at home. Some of us might have it on our toilet door. I don't get that, putting Scripture on a toilet door. And if you do, I'm not telling you, I just don't get it. But uh, moving on. But there's a great scripture in the Bible that, 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 that actually shows us that it takes patience and discipline to achieve it. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 31 says, But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall faint and not weak. Hallelujah. If you're feeling weary today, if you're feeling like you can't walk, if you're feeling like you're a little bit faint this morning, then the key to your life changing is learning what it means to wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord. He'll renew you. He'll strengthen you. He'll uphold you. But it comes down to our ability to be able to wait on the Lord. The word wait here is defined as to patiently wait. To expect. To discipline ourselves in waiting. Look at it. To patiently wait and to expect. I believe that God's wanting us to learn the whole, whole understanding and experience of what it means to wait on the Lord again. Take those times where we just clear the deck and we have a, an evening where we just go away and we wait on the Lord. We put a day aside where we go somewhere and we wait on the Lord. I remember my f friend Dave Dowling, I don't know if he's done it recently, but he was mentioned every week. Every week Dave goes away he gets a hammock, I believe, and uh, he finds a, a spot in the bush, sets up his hammock, and just waits the whole day on the Lord. Best thing you've ever done. More done in the week just by doing that. Amen. Amen. Yep. But those that wait... Those that discipline themselves in waiting on the Lord. We can do pretty much anything today with our phones. We can pretty much go anywhere, look at anything, buy anything, just buy what's in our hands. And any wonder they become such a distraction. But there could be a number of other things in your world as well that are distracting you. Could be your car. I drive a Ford Ranger. Oh, that's such a, such a terrible distraction to me. Better than any Isuzu. You name it. It's better than any other four-wheel drive. But it could be such a distraction to me. It might be your home. You might be one of those freaky weird people that have to have everything perfect all the time. It could be money. You're pursuing money all the time. I've just got to get money. I'm always thinking about money. Distraction, distraction, distraction. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their lives. Hallelujah. Patiently waiting. Let me continue. Patiently waiting. What can help us in reminding ourselves about the power of waiting on God is this thought that God is waiting for us. Revelations chapter 3, Behold, I come and I knock on the door of your heart. I'm knocking, 
I'm waiting. You can answer that phone. Knocking and waiting. If you open the door of your heart, if you wait on me, if you make time for me, I will come in and dine with you. Jesus speaking. We hear many evangelists use that scripture, and it's okay, I guess, to do that, but that scripture wasn't aimed at non-church people. It was aimed at church people that had backslidden. They were now away from Jesus. He's coming back and saying, Hey, I'm knocking on the door of your heart. Open up your backslidden heart. Let me come in, and we will fellowship together. And one of the great reminders on the power of me disciplining myself to wait on God is that he is waiting for me. I believe that we're going to have encounters with God. We've got to get past microwave Christianity. We find most Christians don't have the stamina or the will or the desire to wait on the Lord. And you know what hasn't changed much? Listen to this thought this morning from the New Testament, the book of Acts. When Jesus was resurrected, there were 500 eyewitnesses and he told them to wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit, right? They waited and waited and after 10 days, there were only 120 left. 380 had no discipline or commitment to wait. 380 left, only 120 were there waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. This morning as I conclude, a couple of thoughts as we do conclude. How do we discipline our lives to draw closer to God, to have more meaningful encounters with God? Number one, this is the only thought this morning, we must train ourselves to be spiritually minded. We must train ourselves to be spiritually minded. The thought is this this morning. I am a spirit, I have a mind, and I live in a body. I have a spirit, I have a mind and it lives within this body. I have a spirit, I have a mind and it lives within this body. I am a spirit being above all else. But we need to train ourselves to be spiritually minded. Spiritually minded. 95% of what God sends, He sends messages to us through our minds, through our thoughts. But if we have a head full of the wrong thinking, then the messages will be corrupted. Is it all right if I go for another eight minutes? Yeah. I'm having too much fun up here. And I figure it's air-conditioned anyway. Amen? If we're in Vanuatu now, I would be a lather of sweat and I would have finished half an hour ago. Because <laughs> it's so hot. Train ourselves to be spiritually minded. God moves mightily in and through our spirit, but our mind has to be sensitized to spiritual things. Listen to this thought this morning. Our spirit is like the satellite dish, and our minds are like the computer to interpret the signals. But the carnal mind, the mind that's not trained to be spiritually minded, it's filled with all the thoughts of the world. It won't be able to receive the things of the spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Listen. But he who is a spirit, he, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Next scripture. 
Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 7. For those who live according to the flesh... That's not talking about people outside of the church. We can refer to people outside of the church. But also there's different to people living in the church that are still living according to the flesh. It goes on and says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Always thinking about Facebook. Always thinking about the next movie. Always thinking about the next thing to eat. Always thinking about the new clothes to buy. Always thinking about the stuff that I need. Always thinking about things according to the flesh. That's that mind. That mind's corrupted. That mind would not be able to receive and interpret what the Spirit of God is sending to it because it's corrupted and full of the wrong things. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, life and peace, because the carnal mind is an enmity to God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. Listen to this thought. Unless we are committed to renewing our minds daily in the Word of God, we will have little hope of receiving from God and what He is trying to say to us. It's like trying to make an Apple computer compatible with a PC computer. It ain't going to happen. And I don't like Apple computers anyway. We've got to train ourselves to be spiritually minded. Or another illustration, a corrupt mind, or like a computer, our mind could be full of viruses, full of the wrong thinking. That will affect when God's wanting to speak to us. If we're not trained to be spiritually minded, if we're not taking the time to renew our minds and get a daily download of the Word of God, our minds are full of all the wrong things. And when the Spirit of God comes and wants to download a scripture, an encouragement, a word of knowledge or whatever, it gets corrupted because our thinking's corrupted. You can tell me to shut up if you like. Only Rachel can do that. <laughs> Only Rachel can. Just about done. Listen to Paul's encouragement this morning. Two scriptures, we're done. Ephesians chapter 4, 17, verse, 4 to, verse 24. But you have not so learned, if indeed you have heard of him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old person which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust that potentially can still be going on within us unless we make a, ch a choice to put off that old life. Goes on and says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you might put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. To be renewed in your mind. To know the knowledge of God. To know the plan of God. To know the purpose of God. To have your mind renewed in that revelation knowledge. And the only way that comes is through the Word of God. 
If we commit to transforming our minds, God will commit to transforming our lives. If we commit to transforming our minds, God commits to transforming our lives. But I want to share with you, brother, sister, this morning. I'm going to try and jump off this stage. <laughs> oh, wow, I've done it. There's only one thing that God cannot do for us. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And He's everywhere. <laughs> I had it, but I just couldn't quite get the last one. God's all-knowing. God's all-powerful. And God's everywhere. But listen to this, brothers, sisters in Christ. The only thing that God cannot do for us is renew and transform our minds. Only we can renew our minds. We can, we can only do that. God can't do that for us. We can only do it. But if we commit to renewing our minds through the Word of God, then God is able to transform our lives. Amen. God's Word is transformative. God's Word is a revealer. God's Word is a discerner of the heart. We come to God's Word and we read God's Word, but really what God's Word is doing is reading us. The more spiritually minded we are, the more encounters we will have with God. Because no longer will we be chasing after the things of the world. I want more of Instagram. I want more of Facebook. Anyone been watching my posts? Anyone liked me? Anyone commented on me? Oh, they haven't come. Oh, I must be a loser because now, what a load of rubbish. There's only the one place where we draw our self worth and our self esteem. It's not Facebook, it's not Instagram. It's what God says about you, you beautifully gifted, powerful thing. I'm going to shut up and be dumb. The key is in this thought here. Paul speaking again. If I could have the worship team back up. The key again is found in this scripture. It's what we surround our minds with. Paul says it in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. He says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy things. Think of that list there. Do you find much of that list on a lot of the platforms that you might spend your time on? If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate, to think deeply about something. We surround our worlds, we surround our lives, we surround our minds intentionally with what is good, what is praiseworthy, what is upbeat, what is virtuous. We surround our minds and our lives intentionally with that and we meditate on the good and what comes to us through the Word of God. That's how we become spiritually minded. That's how we discipline our lives. To receive from God. So that when He speaks to us, our mind is clear. 
and able to receive those things that he sends to us. We discipline ourselves. I believe this, that God is setting us up and he has a plan to impact this city. But it's not going to happen through dry, dull, lifeless Christianity. It's only going to happen through people who are really encountering the presence of God daily. We'll never have encounters with God if our minds are full of wrong stuff. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, I might grow my hair between now and next week. Just for fun. Pray this morning that you're listening, not to me, but to the Holy Spirit speaking to each of us. Amen? I want to challenge every one of us in our local church. What is our vision for the next three months? Our vision is this. Daily encountering God, disciplining ourselves, desiring God, being dissatisfied in ourselves, delighting after God by daily spending time in His Word. And I want to challenge us and ask that we would hold the people in our groups, in our networks, in our connect groups, in our Heart for the House team, our youth team, our worship team, whatever it is that we are daily committing to reading a chapter of Scripture, meditating upon it, and praying. I'm presenting this to you this morning because this is our vision. And I'm asking you this morning, let's unite together to pursue the presence of God. Because I have this sense in my heart that there is a great outpouring of God waiting for those that are waiting for God. To just, oh well, let's unite together. Let's pursue Him daily. Let's spend time reading His Word. One chapter a day. Not a lot. But then reflecting on Thinking about, God, what are you saying to me through that? But more than that, holding others accountable. Wendy, how are you going? Wendy and Dave will be all over it. Hallelujah. Amen? Awesome. D. D. Kramer. D. I just believe that there's personal breakthrough for you this year. 
there's some, some, some things that have been holding you back and holding you down. I just believe that this year is the year that you're going to see breakthrough. Hallelujah. God is a God of breakthrough, isn't he? Amen. Rachel Spinelli. Hallelujah. My wonderful sister in Christ. I called her a wog a couple of days ago. I did. She's a woman of God. And if you ever, if any of the men ever hear me say about a guy that he's got the mog syndrome, it's the man of God syndrome. Not good. <laughs> but Rach, Rachel, you are you are called, you are positioned. You are right in the spot that God's called you to. And you know, the, the enemy is a liar. And he just he tries to lie to us. I just encourage you today. You, you are the person for this time to take your team that you lead to another level of expression and impact. Amen? God's anointed you for this. Hallelujah. Wonderful. If you're here this morning and you're away from God or you have not made Jesus Christ, haven't invited him to be your personal friend and saviour, then at the back of the auditorium, as soon as you finish, as we finish this morning, there's a place back there called the Next Step Lounge. There's some beautiful people that you could go to and ask questions and talk to. If you want some prayer this morning, you can go back there and ask for some prayer as well. Amen.